Hey there, it's Alec, here to remind you to check the trigger warnings in the description of today's episode. And should you need a transcript, you can find that along with other goodies in the description down below. Have a safe listen. Mythale presents Circe's Episode 16, Fast Food. Can you repeat that one more time? My friend came by the other day with some of my things. It's my last attempt to make my room seem a little more homey, you know? I found this notebook hidden among the stuff. And you say this notebook belongs to a former patient? Yes. I had a friend who was a resident here about a year ago. Ben Mare. If that rings a bell. Mr. Mira? Uh, a young man. Blonde hair, about 175 centimeters? Mm, sounds about right. Interesting. So you two used to be friends. Uh, we were roommates, actually. Before you died, of course. <laughs> can we like a roomie with a corpse, can I? Do you want to talk about what happened to Ben? Uh, no, I think I'm fine. I only came to hand you the notebook. There might be something useful in there. Miss... or sorry, Mr... um... Sorry, what are your pronouns? They, them. But please, just call me Kristen. I don't like being put in a box. I'm claustrophobic. Alright, uh, Kristen. I have a feeling there's something nagging at you. I will not push you, but I am offering you a chance to get it off your chest. Uh, I... I don't think you would believe me even if I tried to explain it, Dr. Shorts. Why don't we give it a try nonetheless? I promise I'll keep my mouth shut. The thing is, I was there. And I died. Explaining what I saw isn't exactly easy. It feels... Too much like a fever dream. You can start from wherever you feel comfortable. Ben had texted me the night before. He heard at work about a new burger joint that had just opened in town. It had some kind of wild opening offer, and Ben was set on getting some cheap fast food. I didn't argue with him because it had been a while since we had had fast food. And a burger did sound just like what I needed. I swear, this is relevant. I don't doubt it, Kristen. Do continue. He knew me well, so I let him buy me whatever he thought I would like. I ended up having a cheesy burger while he had his eyes on the special burger. It was called something weird. Like, death burger or something. It was a beast of a burger, with a strong odor that had entered the room long before it was even anywhere near us. I didn't know how to feel about the smell, but I didn't mention it since Ben seemed excited to sink his teeth into his food. 
When he unwrapped it, a red liquid started to stream down his hands, coloring the cuffs of his sleeves a reddish color. I wrinkled my nose a little at that, but he paid it no mind before taking a massive bite out of the burger, that liquid oozing out like from an open wound. I looked away so as to not lose my appetite. The burger he bought me was pretty good. Nothing to scream hallelujah over, but it did the job of a greasy dinner rather well. Looking at Ben made me uneasy though. He gorged the burger like a rabid animal. A hunger seemed to have overtaken him like never before. I had a feeling then that something was off about him. Asked him a million times if he was feeling well, but he would just look at me like I had lost a laugh. Why would you ask me that? He would reply every time. I didn't have it in me to say he was giving me the creeps. Do you think someone slipped something into his food? I thought about that too. He did act a little bit like someone tripping balls. Something that happened later makes me think that that was not the case. Alright, are you okay to tell me what that would be? Yeah, I think I am. Just keep an open mind. I assure you, my mind is wide open. I felt uneasy after what I had seen earlier. It didn't sit well with me at all. I have known Ben for I don't even know how many years, and never have I seen that look in his eyes. I know that's an odd thing to get hung up on, but I have a nasty habit of overthinking just about anything that happens in my life. Especially when it comes to Ben. He was my best friend, of course I cared about his well-being. After we got home, I needed some time to collect myself. Taking a shower gave me some time to think things over, and by the time I got dressed I was ready to face Ben again. I hoped he would be a little less out of it. The living room was dimly lit by the few candles Ben had forgotten to blow out before he fell asleep. He laid on the couch, sprawled out like he used to from time to time, especially when he got caught up in a movie. I smiled to myself at the sight. This was the closest he had seemed like himself since he had arrived home, and I tried to tell myself that I must just have been a little irrational, seeing things as more extreme than they were. I was about to leave when something caught my eye. It's hard to explain, but there was some kind of weird movement around his throat. I took a step closer to check it out. I, I didn't touch him, not because I was scared, but just so I wouldn't wake him up. I didn't want to risk it, so I ran into my room. I know I should have woken him up, should have made sure he was okay. Maybe he would still be alive today if I had done the right thing. You couldn't have known, Kristen. This is not your fault. I tried to tell myself that, but sometimes it's hard to believe. That's very understandable. People often blame themselves when they experience traumatic events. Well, I came here to give you this. I think you need to read it before I tell you the rest of my story. I don't think I can do it myself. Would it be okay if I read it out loud? Simply so I don't have to do the recording later. You're also very welcome to leave the room as I do so. 
Nah, it's fine. I think I'm ready to hear it. It's been a long time coming, and I want to understand what he felt like in his last moments. Very well. Last diary entry of Ben Mara, written on the day of his death. No date given. They're squirming wetly inside my throat. I can feel the absence of legs as they move. I wonder where they came from, and how they managed to change my faith so quickly. I have become a keeper, a beholder of what others will never understand. I have been chosen by something beyond me. They have made my body a home. I can no longer speak, but why would I need words when their sweet embrace has overtaken me? I am a father of many, a father of a grumble. It spreads, burrowing into my flesh as I struggle to breathe, but why would my breathing matter? My children are growing, strong as they pull and rip through me. One day they will fly high above us all, with a plan to rule over what we are too simple-minded to understand. They are me, and I will no longer be with them when they paint the world red. The flesh upon my body I give to them as an offering, as a willing sacrifice. I, alone, am the Holy Lamb. Blood is filling my throat, but they are digging through me as I have wished for them to do. I did not expect the clarity a simple meal could bring me. I am a father of many. They squirm through the holes of my throat as I fade, making their way into the light of the night that is theirs. It is my gift of life. Why must I leave before we see salvation? No, I am fulfilling the biggest part of them all. I am the voluntary sacrifice, willing to do so for clarity. May the world never heal from the illness of my children, so they can rise. Blood. There's blood on the pages. I will see my gods. Do not fear, for I will see the gods no other has come near. He will hold me in his hands and thank me for my willing sacrifice. That was... that's comforting. You don't say... Not exactly what I had hoped last words to be, if I'm being honest. Doesn't really bring any closure, does it? I suppose not. Did you say there was more? Oh yeah. I... I'm sorry. It's alright. Uh, take all the time you need. Tissue? Oh, thanks. Just... Take a deep breath. We are in no rush. If you don't feel comfortable continuing, we can arrange a session for another time. <laughs> Pesh posh Elias. I'm fine. I... I... I believe I need to tell you what happened when I discovered his body. If you can handle it, then I would like to hear it. He, he didn't die that night. Despite what I saw before I had run away... No. It happened the night after I found him. Ben had been in his room all day, which was a tad weird since he had a habit of eating far more than would be humanly possible throughout a day. Yet, I hadn't seen him once since getting home from work. I tried to knock on his door, but he didn't answer. 
I got worried. It wasn't like Ben to shut me up like that. It had actually never happened before. Desperate times call for desperate measures. So, like a giant maniac, I decided to break the door down. I, I know a key would have been the smart choice in that moment, but I guess I just wanted to have my shine moment, axe in hand and all. We do have a spare key, and truth be told, I just wasn't thinking clearly, which I suppose you have already guessed. We all act irrational from time to time, Kristen. Especially when we have a primal instinct to protect the ones we love. I have rationalized that decision over and over in my head. However, it is not my psychotic idea to axe the door to a pulp that keeps me up at night. It is what I saw after I had finally made my way through that seems to haunt my nightmares. My first instinct was to escape that place, to run as fast as my legs could carry me before the police arrived. I knew I had not exactly been silent, and my neighbors had most likely already called the police, think there was an axe murderer roaming in our apartment. But I didn't end up running. Despite everything, I just stood there, frozen, looking at Ben's slumped body in front of me. His eyes were wide open, the pupils sickly white with streaks of red. His skin held a green tint which made him look infectious to the touch, though I didn't test my luck. I forced myself to take a step closer, inspecting the morbid sight before me. I couldn't see what could have caused him to end up in such a state. Not, not at first, in a way. I had just decided to call an ambulance when the most gruesome thing I will most likely ever experience happened. His throat started to spasm. Blood dripped from his mouth as pale maggots bit their way through his throat, making horrific tunnels through the soft skin. They squirmed and wriggled, oozing out of him. I didn't know whether to cry or scream. I have no idea how maggots had found their way into his throat. He could have been dead for more than a day. But there they were, chewing away at his skin. A horrible rasping sound froze me in my place. He was alive. Pen gasped through the maggots that had infested his throat. A few crawling out through his mouth and spilling onto the floor. He laughed. It was a sickly, hollow laugh. Through the blood, he showed out the words I could never forget. My children, may the world burn before you. His white eyes met mine as Magus burst through his eyeballs. I screamed. That's when I finally decided to leg it out of the horrible apartment. Goodness. I, I, I told you it sounded insane. The paramedics sure thought it did. Do you know what bothers me the most? I have no idea. Please enlighten me. They didn't hesitate to stamp psychopath on my forehead despite the fact that none of them could find any kind of reasonable explanation as to how the maggots had gotten there in the first place. They just told me it was an unusual case, but there was no chance at all that my version of events could have taken place. 
Very interesting. I think I need to go lay down. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it all sounds like nonsense. I do hope the notebook will help a little at least. Thank you, Kristen. I will call for a caretaker to help you back to your room. I filed away this session regarding Ben Mara under case file 1587835-22. It was recorded on the 13th of January, 2023. I spent some time looking into the police reports on Ben Mara. He was found dead in his apartment on the 22nd of July, 2022, after a distress call by Kristen Cade McKenna, who was identified as a roommate of Ben's. Ben's body didn't show any signs of a violent death. His case has left many paramedics and doctors flabbergasted. A body that isn't even decaying shouldn't have been filled with as many as a thousand maggots, which was found inside Ben Mira upon his autopsy. No explanation is given as to what could have caused the maggots to be there in the first place. Maggots can take between 7 to 20 hours to hatch, and since he was first declared dead around nightfall of the 22nd, there is no way such a large number of maggots should have been able to hatch inside him. I have no idea how any of this is humanly possible, nor will I make any guesses as to what must have happened on the day that Ben passed away. The only thing I can confirm from the police statement compared to the session with Kristen McKenna is that there was in fact holes that had been dug through Ben's neck and eyeballs. It makes it rather hard to dismiss Kristen's story as just another ghost tale. So Cease is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode featured Alexander Bautner as Elias Short and Els Sadi as Kristen McKenna. Audio edited by Henry Johannesson and Els Sadi. Manuscript edited by Rita Bautner and Els Sadi. And written by Alexander F. Bautner. If you like what we do, give us a rating on your podcaster of choice or check out our Kofi where we have some art up for sale or you can donate however much you feel comfortable with. If you'd like to engage with more of what we do, check us out on our public Discord. All links will be below in the description. Thank you for today. <laughs>